and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the uh, you know to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, ends up, yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Welcome back, Full Court Press, Hour 2, Jason Walker, Eric Franson. Just a reminder that the new Valvoline Instant Oil Change is located across from Angie's or on Main Street in Logan. Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life are the engine oil your vehicle loves. So, had some breaking news this morning. We have a story on Cash Valley Daily about it. John Hartwell leaving Utah State, leaving his role as athletic director and vice president. Uh, news from his end is that he's resigning. Although statements from Utah State and later, you know, we had John Hartwell's statement didn't really specify that he was resigning. The language is interesting. They didn't say that he was resigning, didn't say he was fired. So I'm wondering if there's more details sitting behind the scene where, you know, like, how exactly is this going about? Is it a mutual parting of ways? Is it a firing? Did you do something wrong? Like, I, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting the way that um, th- these statements came out. And you can read those statements. I put them out on my Twitter, at uh, JayWalkerSports. You can also find those same statements, uh, at least the tweets I included in the article that I wrote, that's been updated two or three times now today. Yeah, uh, for it started out a national reporter uh, caught wind of it, put something out there, confirmed by a few others. Then, so that's what we went with. Then Noel Cockett issues a statement, and then later in the afternoon, um, we get a statement from John Hartwell passed on to us from somebody else, a PR firm, sends it along, and I appreciate them for doing that. Um, but he starts out by talking about his uh, accomplishments while at Utah State, and there are a good number of them. Uh, but then it says, as I leave Utah State, I want you to know that I have the highest regard for the student athletes, coaches, staff, student body, Cash Valley community, and all of Aggie Nation. So he says that he's that he is leaving Utah State, um, but um, he just basically then later says you know, he um, – his wife's aging parents, they need to be closer to them, need to be there for them and our and his daughters. And so they're they're leaving. Now he he actively uh campaigned for the Auburn job and it was recently announced that they were going with a different candidate than him. And uh I just that announcement happens, and then days later he resigns at Utah State. Just seems to me like he was putting all of his eggs in that basket, and when he didn't get it, um, like okay, you know what, I'm I'm out of here no matter what. Yeah. Now that's I want to be clear. That's just pure speculation. I don't know. We have his statement, which you can read on Cash Valley Daily, but it was clear that he was 
He was really wanting that Auburn job. And he's wanted a few other jobs too. And and I said this on social media earlier. I can't fault anyone at this level, Utah State, uh, trying to find an opportunity to advance your career and move up. Because going to a place like Auburn would be a move up. Now, we talked about the issue with Brian Harson, and this grass isn't always greener because that just happened yesterday. But um, but look, it's still an opportunity for generational money, better opportunities, more influence, and it's a it's a big step up in a career. So I don't I don't fault John Hartwell for looking for those opportunities and throwing his hat in the ring. Uh, but I do know that there were some people who were upset with how actively he campaigned for those openings. It just really rubbed some people the wrong way that look, you don't seem to care about the job you have now. You really want another opening. And that can be a fine line to walk with doing your duties and respecting and, and, and uh, trumpeting the successes of the place where you are now and still being a flag bearer for that institution, but while also taking advantage of opportunities that may present themselves to move up in your career. Next in his statement, he talks about, you know, it's, you know, Utah State's a place like he's never seen or, you know, uses that kind of language with Utah State. I've never seen it before. Yeah, it's great. Unique place that, you know, you've never seen anything like it and you want to leave. So, and you mentioned rubbing people the wrong way. The, the people he may be, you know, doing that to are the people he then has to go ask for money to build his, you know, the new facilities. And that can hurt your job. It can hurt, you know, hurt how good you are at your job. Not just, you know, public perception, but actually impact your performance and ability to accomplish what you want to. Uh, and as far as, you know, him putting all his eggs in the Auburn basket, I think there's a logical through line where, you know, he really did want to go move back to the South to be with, you know, his wife's aging parents. Closer to family. And so totally he, understand that. And so he may have just been making those plans and saying, we're going to do this, maybe buying land down there. I don't, I don't want to make any speculations, but this, there, there's a logical through line where maybe he was doing these things. And then the Auburn job closed up. He's like, well, I'm already too far into my plans to move all, already, so I just have to do it. So I think there's a logical through line with what you're saying there, where that could easily be what happened, where he just says, I'm leaving no matter what. He thought he was going to get the Auburn job, thought he was going to be set that way. But now he's just, you know, caught too far out and just has to resign. Yeah, and look, this is uh, there have been a number of accomplishments that he can have, uh, uh, you know, on his resume that are absolutely worth celebrating at Utah State. First ever Mountain West football championship. Uh, they have a Mountain West basketball championship. Uh, championships in other sports like gymnastics and volleyball competing at a very high level, soccer competing at a very high level. There haven't been any facility upgrades or, or new building under his tenure, but that's partially because the AD before him um, kind of made promises and was cashing checks that he had a you know, had a hard time uh, writing checks that he couldn't cash. Is the right to say that? Yeah. And so... Hartwell came in and had to try to piece things together and make sense of some of the building that that was aggressive and and and, and rapid under his predecessor, but was also necessary and I think important to get Utah State 
into the Mountain West, period, and then allow them to compete, continue to compete at a very high level. So Hartwell had to balance a tough balance sheet and then also find you know, coaches that can continue to comp- uh, compete and perform very well. Probably the, the one that really didn't go well was Gary Anderson 2.0, but John Hartwell was kind of forced into that hire. It was not his choice. Not, I should say not his first or primary choice um, to go with Gary Anderson. Kind of felt pressured into that, and then he you know, moved off of that after things were going south. Yeah, and you know, talked about Hartwell has had a, you know, a, a system of hiring coaches, which I very much approve. I know Hartwell values my approval of his <laughs> system of hiring coaches. Um, the you know, get the find someone who has a record of success of what they do. A lot of times, a head coach, and you have the Craig Smiths and the and the Blake Andersons. Um, you know, Rob Nielsen with volleyball. I don't think he was a head coach. But he had a history of being part of very successful teams. Um, Manny Martins, you know, had a history of success. And when he brings those guys in, you know, it's it's a system that's worked, and he's been very good at that. The best, the best thing John Hartwell is, you know, the the thing he's best at is hiring head coaches. As far as the other things, maybe that's just you know, give, give yeah, him give him a report card, give him an A on hiring coaches. Right. True. And, and I, I. I can't speak on Utah State's current financial situation. I, I don't know what the the fundraising levels look like or paying down debt. I, I don't know those inner details right now. I couldn't speak to that. Um, but I, I know that there was there were some really good things that were happening in the hiring department. Um, but there are also some dark clouds over his tenure too. There. Numerous sexual assault allegations uh, from players, uh, rapes from former players that happened on campus. Um, other allegations, I mean, there was a, a lot of controversy surrounding uh, Coach Miley and you know how he wasn't maybe not given a real fair shot at being the next head coach. And then more allegations service last year about how this uh, athletic department handles allegations. It surfaced again just last week. And so there's – and some of that, like, it happens on campuses uh, in a lot of different places, and it's sad and un- unfortunate. But the fact that it keeps occurring and that there were other little things that kept coming up, is he directly responsible? No, but how you run your ship – at the end of the day, the buck stops there and making sure everybody knows what they're doing and that they do take it seriously and they have systems in place to ensure player and student safety. And with something like that, it comes down to the culture. You know, when things don't get reported, it usually it's the culture and the systems. And who's, you know, where does the culture and system start? It starts with the guy on top. That's usually where you begin to have the most control over things. At least the systems, sometimes the culture can be a little iffy, but... When you're the athletic director, cultures are set up by the people you hire. So there's a lot of his job that's tied up with being able to prevent, you know, the the situations that we've had where allegations have been maybe brushed aside or covered up or different things like that. And, and I thought it was interesting where Utah State's statement, and I, and I read out one of the quotes, 
Let's see if I can pull it up really quick. Where it, it began with something that didn't feel like it was specific to Hartwell, but the fact that it's included in a statement about John Hartwell, it was kind of interesting. Because it said, We have made great progress at USU building a positive and supportive culture throughout the university, including within USU athletics, and we will stay focused on that goal. This change in leadership will continue the momentum we have already built. So, like, the the first paragraph, aside from one where they said, you know, they, they were, the first paragraph was basically we are responding to the media reports. Right. The paragraph that actually begins the statement. On its face, doesn't have anything to do with John Hartwell. But they led with it. You know, talking about, you know, positive and supportive culture. And different things like that. I don't really like to read too much into something like this, but it's there, and it is kind of weird that that's what they lead with in their statement. Especially in light of a lawsuit that is yeah, we're, we're <laughs> directed at the institution saying, you did not have a good culture of when I tried to raise awareness of how these issues were treated and then how I got treated after the fact. So it's really interesting wording considering the timing of events over the last week. Yeah, I know some people are maybe tying this to the lawsuit. I really doubt that Hartwell got fired because of that lawsuit considering the other things he survived. And I don't think it's a straw that broke the camel's back situation. If he got fired from his conduct, it's because there's something we haven't heard about yet. Uh, not based off the lawsuit that you know we learned about on Thursday. It, there's not this kind of knee-jerk reaction, right? It's never in, in any of this, in any and all statements that have been officially released from the university and from Hartwell himself. Himself, nowhere is it clear is he resigning or is he being let go. Yeah, it's it's really it's not clear. Now the reports from Peter Pete Thamel this morning was that, uh, and I quote, spoke to Utah State AD John Hartwell. He said he resigned from Utah State last night to move his family back to the South. So John Hartwell is telling a national reporter that he resigned. So I have to take it that that's what happened. Yeah. There's nothing that says otherwise, but in official statements, nothing really says, did he resign or was he let go? Yeah. And the funny thing about the Utah State statement, at no point do they actually officially confirm that John Hartwell is no longer the athletic director. They just very directly infer it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) We got to get to some of your texts coming through. Uh, 4781. Uh, we were talking about BYU and uh, their delusional aspirations. Uh, but 4781 says they're called BYU. That's their problem. They had it coming to them. We should be in the playoffs. We're the best there is. Our QBs will be Hall of Famers. Uh, and they look like uh, crap Wilson of the Jets. Also, can't wait to watch BYU go 3-8 and eight in the Big 12 every year now that they won't have weak opponents. Thing is, BYU's played some pretty strong schedules the last few years. Now, during some of the COVID year and whatnot, they weren't 
And with Zach Wilson, they weren't playing super strong opponents. But this year, they've had a really good schedule, which I guess they started decently against a really good schedule. Then they fell apart against what was probably the weaker end of their schedule. Right, and that's the thing with this football program. Over the last several years, they'll have a basically a P5 schedule in September and a good chunk of October. And then it gets tougher for schools to, to schedule them when they're all in conference play. And so um, it, it starts to look dramatically different in the mid-October through November. But, um, yeah, BYU almost always has a game or two where they look good and surprise a bunch of people, and then they start to let everybody down and fall apart. Yeah, it just, just seems to be their thing where they have a, a real ability to win some tough games that later in the year you look back it's like, how on earth did they win that game? So, because <laughs> they beat a, they beat a ranked opponent like every single year usually. Yeah, at least it feels like that. Five three three eight texting in. When it comes to running a clean football program, I am the gold standard. Signed Ed Orgeron. <laughs> uh, okay, that's yeah, that's good. <laughs> Ed Orgeron. Yeah, look it. Um, it is. It's complicated with Hartwell, uh, and I think it's a complicated legacy. There's no question there was great success in the Mountain West under his watch. That um, besides just conference tournaments or um, you know conference championships, you know student academic levels were high. Uh, usually at the top of the Mountain West with student scores and, and GPAs. So that was obvi- obviously an important aspect and, and uh, a point of emphasis under John Hartwell. Uh, hired great coaches who brought success. But there's also some other things that weren't great. Uh, like we've detailed the the assault allegations, handling it properly as an institution, learning from it, uh, improving it, it doesn't seem to have gotten a whole lot better in some areas. Uh, and to be closer to home for us, I mean, he played a large role in the decision to cancel the agreement to have um, our local media group involved with the coverage of the Aggies. Um, now, some people will say, well, that's not really his role, right? They sell those rights to somebody else. And that's technically true. It's Learfield who controls the multimedia rights for Utah State. But they will absolutely follow the cue from that they are given from the athletic director on campus. And they worked hand in glove in those decisions and uh, really turned their back on local radio. And that's... I don't want to sound special. Biteful in that because certainly, yeah, it, it affects us personally with our business, but more so with how it affects the local fans that there was a, a pursuit of what they thought was a bigger pie for them financially that I think they just didn't understand and they chased dollars at the expense of their local fans and Locals in Cache Valley, Box Elder County, Franklin County, uh, our friends in uh, Garden City, they can't hear Aggie Aggie sports on any local channel. And unless you're 
right on campus. You can't hear anything about what's going on with Utah State football or basketball. Now, we've done our own thing with pregame and postgame. They didn't make it easy on us to do that. But he was absolutely involved with that. And after the decision was made and realized it was a tough decision that fans were not happy with, never really tried to make it right with us. And so do I have a personal grudge against John Hartwell? No. He's been great to come on our show and do interviews. I've had conversations with him off the record when I see him at practices, when he comes here. But there's no question he's made some decisions that have affected fans and how they access and and hear about their favorite team. So that's part of the complicated legacy with John Hartwell and his connection to Utah State and to the fan base. Now, are are things going to change? Who knows? We can hope that this provides a path forward that makes it easier for locals to hear their favorite team live as it's happening when they're out and about doing things, but don't know. Yeah, I don't know because the the athletic department certainly tried to pivot toward, you know, getting coverage in Salt Lake. And Salt Lake's not been super helpful in that regard. Okay, but so I'm glad you brought that up because I meant to mention it. Because that's been something I've seen on social media. The Aggies were on a station in Salt Lake, the same station it's on today, well before any of this happened. Well before John Hartwell even came into Cache Valley. So... The Aggies were already being broadcast on 1280 in Salt Lake. They were already there. And so there's this misconception by some to say, oh, well, they went to, you know, they had to go to the bigger market. They were already in the bigger market. They already had a presence there. And the thing is, they're now considered the flagship, but the coverage hasn't changed, even though they're the flagship. So there's a... There's been some miscommunication going on, and I think I know where it's coming from, but people have been misled as to what that really means. But it's, it didn't really change anything. It was already there. It was there before. So I think there's a miscommunication that's going on there, um, and it's you know it's a little disingenuous. Yeah, and it's like I said, it is frustrating where – people who are trying to cover you know and it's not just us you know local you know media trying to cover utah state they're not getting the same treatment that you know non-local people get <laughs> no no look and the way that look i don't want to get into too many behind the scenes details because that's proprietary and i want to respect those who are involved but i will say this that the the disrespect that was shown to our organization was real and it, we were very close to just saying we're done with anything involving Utah State Athletics. We will not do a pregame show. We will not do a postgame show. We will just, maybe we should look at another college in the state to have on our radio stations who have arguably a similar size fan base in our own community. But we decided not to that would because we still knew that there were Aggie fans who relied on our properties to tell them about what was going on. 
and that they knew that we had people in our building, in our organization, who are diehard Aggie fans, who have deep, deep institutional knowledge and know what they're talking about. And so you know, we've done the best that we can with what we were given and what was taken away from us when we weren't even given an opportunity to, to bid on continuing the coverage, to be honest. We weren't given an opportunity to bid. It was done, a deal done behind our back. And so it was, yeah, extremely frustrating on our part. But look, Hartwell has done some good things, but there's no question there are some other things that are have not been good and have not been great under his tenure and under his watch at Utah State. So we'll talk about it a little bit more. We'll have a quick break. We'll keep this conversation going. We'll have your text as we keep talking about, you know, John Hartwell's complex legacy. We'll keep going after this on 106.9 The Fan. When Evan McMullen backed Joe Biden for president, he voted for every single catastrophic policy Biden's gang of socialists and tyrants inflicted on struggling Utah families. 40-year high inflation, crushing taxes, open borders, and lost freedoms. It was a bad call. But McMullen's got no regrets. We can't give Evan McMullen a second chance. We need Mike Lee now more than ever, our constant constitutional defender who never gives an inch to the forces who would destroy American freedom. The Biden-McMullen agenda drove Utahns' cost of living sky high. But Mike Lee has been a bulwark, shielding us from Joe Biden's thoughtless leadership, standing strong against rampant spending, lawless borders and creeping socialism even when he's had to stand alone i'm mike lee and i approve this message because i love utah i love our country and it's been my honor to serve as your senator mike lee for senate paid for by friends of mike lee incorporated you have to see it to believe it the new three peaks medical plaza is cash valley's newest and most up-to-date medical facility cash valley ear nose and throat the allergy clinic and the hearing aid center are now located in the three peaks medical plaza in north logan the entire staff and doctors benyon blotter and robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility cash valley ear nose and throat is now located in providence and three peaks medical plaza 2245 north 400 east in north logan go to cashvalleyent.com for details most insurance products including select med are accepted don't get caught without power to your home or business this is tyler with golden spike electric we offer generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm avoiding frozen pipes loss of valuable food or even a flooded basement golden spike electric is certified and factory trained so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained contact golden spike electric so you'll never be without power again Online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands. Golden Spike Electric and Generac. Power you can count on. Sunday on Compass Media Networks. Coverage of the NFL. NFC West foes collide in the desert as the Arizona Cardinals host the Seattle Seahawks. Hi, this is Jeff Biggs. Join Bill Rosinski, Chad Brown, and myself for all the action as the first place Seahawks go for a fourth straight win over Kyler Murray and the Cardinals who desperately need a win. It's the Seahawks and the Cardinals. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday afternoon at 1.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. 
Aegis Home Health and Hospice loves helping the people they serve. Aegis is a home health and hospice organization that lives by core values of character, experience, and trust. Every day, Aegis' goal is to help you with whatever your health care needs are and to do it wherever you need us to. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Winter weather is just about upon us, and uh, I tell you what, the forecast for Saturday's game looks a little ugly. Yeah, yes. So uh, with that weather uh, coming in hot, or I guess coming in cold, get yourself prepared with help from your locally owned Napa Auto Parts. they got the antifreeze, fuel stabilizers, the ice melt, Rain-X, and Trico silicone wiper blades. they even got the Napa Legend and Legend Premium batteries, so you're not stuck out in the cold with a dead battery. So I'll go visit one of the locally owned Napa Auto Parts today. So continuing the uh, conversation, Eric Franson getting on his, his soapbox, granted an uh, informed soapbox. That's why I definitely wanted you to get, get a chance to talk about this, you know, the, the complicated legacy of uh, John Hartwell. Because, you know, I've, I've not been, you know, around the block too much in terms of Utah State stuff. You know, you, you've... Certainly seen a lot. <laughs> Not calling you old, but <laughs> <laughs> been around these parts a little while. Yeah. So because because there are definitely some good things, some not so great things um, from Hartwell. So you, you got to balance the good with the bad. You can't openly just you know praise him and be overly praiseworthy because you have to remember there are things that he didn't do so well um, in, in several different instances. Uh, we do have a, a few texts rolling in. Uh, we, we were talking about BYU, and we had another text coming in, 2603, ha-ha, BYU. <laughs> Which sometimes all you can say with BYU going through the kind of collapse they've been going through. Uh, 5452 says, The radio change for Aggie Athletics was absolutely the stupidest thing Hartwell ever did. Let's have Aggie games on a station that local fans can't even hear. Stupid. And that came from... Uh, Derek Hansen? That's who sent this text in? Oh, you didn't get it. Here's a joke. Oh, no. Because Eric Franson, Derek oh, Hansen. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it your burner account. <laughs> no, that is. <laughs> no, that is. Uh, yeah, I don't know that guy. <laughs> it was 5452. One of our, definitely one of our you know loyal text jerseys. Obviously not happy, and I heard some of those complaints. Granted, I've been on the other side because at one point I ran the radio board for, you know, pushing the 1280 signal up here to put it on uh, Aggie Radio. And, uh, yeah, I was fully aware of how how not very good that signal was. <laughs> Walk outside the TSC and sometimes you can't even hear it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Complicated. Uh, 7994. uh Let's take all the good that Hartwell did and build on it. Then hopefully the next AD, like any good coach, can make the program even better. Eliminate some of the negatives. I like the text in its original form. <laughs> Let's take all the food that Hartwell <laughs> did. <laughs> I'm sorry I love pointing out people's typos. I promise I'm not actually a horrible person. No, but it uh, uh, brings up a good point. Like, um, 
right take the take the good build on the good uh, eliminate the positive that's what you know any new person coming in replacing somebody who left that's always the challenge right and so is it how much of the good are you building upon how much of the negative are you having to eliminate that's always kind of the first little while to try to understand and and take care of uh, and i think the another question too is um how much of if if we're talking about concerns about the institution and how it's handling things, does that somehow negatively affect, say, Jerry Bovey in his bid to become the next AD? Um, or you know, do you feel like you have to go outside and bring somebody in who doesn't have that same connection uh, or hasn't been here part of the part of the system? And part of the uh, the organization, so I I think look I think when you look at Jerry Bowlby, what he did at Weber State, really positive things there. They had a tremendous uh, period of uh, of growth and success uh, under his tutelage, under his watch. Um, and from what I understand, he's been doing good things at Utah State. Um, but. You, as uh, Noelle Cockett said in her release, there will be a national search. Um, certainly, I think you always have to consider somebody who's already here. And I think that's also something that that people, uh, locals, longtime locals around here, sometimes struggle with, is that a place like Utah State is a stepping stone university for a variety of positions, whether that's the uh, a coach, an AD, uh, academic, they're seeing this as a, a way station on their way to their next destination. And the, the longtime locals feel like, look, can we find somebody who understands the culture, wants to be here, and can help move things forward? Because it doesn't necessarily have to always be somebody from the outside. So this, this uh, replacement uh, search will be really interesting to see how it unfolds and who those candidates are. See, in my thinking, and we had this conversation, we talked about this with the potential new Mountain West commissioner. I want somebody who can do the job. I don't care where they come from. If they're a Martian, can they do the job? <laughs> so if you can do the job, okay, John Hartwell did the job. Did he want to go somewhere else? Very much so. And he was very open about it. Which, at least he was open about it. <laughs> Unlike some people who are not open about it. Yeah. And so just find someone who can do the job. And it's just going to be the nature of the beast when you're at Utah State. If you have a good head coach, you're going to have to find a new one. It's just how it is. You know, Dick Romney ain't going to come in here and be the head coach of half your teams for 30 years. Yeah, that just... It's not going to happen anymore. Not happening anymore. You're not going to have Stu Morrill be here for 20 years or however many years it was. It's the just, average lifespan for a football coach at Utah State is three and a half years. Yeah, and the good ones, if they're really good, then, like, good or bad, it's three and a half years. So it's like, you, you, and if you're thinking about it as far as an athletic director, if you think, okay, we're going to bring him in and he's going to be around for a decade or so, you know, if he's really seeing it as the next step, because John Harwell probably could have found a job in the next three years or so, maybe he would have been here for 10, 15 years. That's plenty of time to, you know... Build things up, you have a good run, then you find a new one. Like, 
you don't need to be concerned about saying, okay, he has to be a local, and he has to spend 40 years as the athletic director, become the greatest that ever was, build a statue for him on campus. Like, you don't need to find that guy. Find someone who can do the job. If you, you know, bring me someone in here who's going to be here for seven years, you know, raise enough money to build a new facility, um, hire some good head coaches, and, you know, if he's gone in seven years, okay, whatever, he made this program better. I will take him gladly over the, you know, person who comes in, spends 20 years of mediocrity here, hires a bunch of, you know, deadbeat head coaches, doesn't build anything, doesn't advance the program, doesn't do anything. But, oh, he's a local. Right. If somebody comes in and they're only here for a short amount of time, but they advance the program forward, then we should all be grateful for that. Yeah. And is it a revolving door? Yes, to some degree. But if it moves a program forward, that's really ultimately the goal that everybody should be behind. Now, can somebody move the, the program forward and be a local? Yes, I absolutely. Uh, but I don't think that we should have that be a strike against somebody just because they're local. Yeah, like I said, if they can do the job, then hire them. If they're local, you know, if that's on the resume, even better. You know, it's kind of gravy. But it's like, just find someone who can do the job. You need the person who can do the job. Prioritize that over everything else. But a big part of doing that job, especially at the athletic director level, is working with the community, understanding your local donor base, understanding the culture of what the institution's all about. A local is going to have a that on the fast track versus somebody who's coming in from out of nowhere. Yeah. But people from out of nowhere can do that. It just takes them a little bit of time to get caught up to speed, and then they're going. Yeah, and if you're if you're a likable person, you can get into people's good graces real quickly. Yes. But like I said, I'd rather have the guy from out of town who can do his job, you know, make friends. It might take a minute, but he can make friends over the guy who's a local. Everyone likes him, but he's terrible at his job. I will take that, you know, the the former over the latter any day of the week. Anyway, we got to get to a timeout. We're a little behind on that, so we'll – Keep on this conversation. We've got a lot of texts coming in, so we'll get to those after the break here on 106.9 The Fan. This is Dustin with Valvolinus and Oil Change in Logan. Whatever you do, don't forget to change the oil in your car. My team at Valvolinus and Oil Change will get you in and out quickly. Stay in your car and relax, all while your car is being serviced by trained professionals. Valvolinus and Oil Change, 695 North Main in Logan, across from Angie's. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Service you can see. Experts you can trust. When it comes to home care, it's important to know you have a choice. If you or a loved one is in need of hospice or home health services, remember that Primrose Home Care and Hospice believes in treating the patient, not the problem. We work directly with you and your doctor to create a health plan that's catered to your needs. Our team is devoted to providing options in the freedom and safety of your own home. Visit us at primrosecare.com or call to schedule a free consultation. Primrose Home Care and Hospice your local hospice and home health provider since 2006. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL, the NFC South leading Atlanta Falcons host the Los Angeles Chargers in a Week 9 cross-conference matchup. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldinger and me for all the action as Marcus Mariota and the surging Falcons look to outduel Justin Herbert and the rested Chargers. It's the Falcons and the Chargers if it's the NFL. 
It's right here. Sunday at 1030 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hey, Aggie fans. Looking for the best burger in town? Bring the family to Prodigy Brewing and try out our signature Prodigy Supreme Burger or a wood-fired pizza. Need a smaller plate for the kids? Our kids' menu has you covered. Whether you are out with the family or just want to catch the Aggies game with friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley. Located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. Clean it up and get it out before the snow flies. Don't wait another winter. Let DD Auto and Salvage pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. They never could play it but they sure can talk about it. Eric Franson and Jason Walker on the Full Court Press. Non-West Motor has a great selection of vehicles starting around $20,000. Visit their website, nwmotor.com. For current inventory and pricing, you make sure you follow them on Instagram for current promotions and events. So as we're getting along in the second hour, this 5 o'clock hour, still uh, knee-deep in this John Hartwell news, him uh, resigning or leaving. We're not exactly sure how he's leaving. We just know that he is leaving. He is leaving. He is leaving his position as athletic director and vice president of Utah State, going to move down to Arkansas. And... uh, yeah, we're getting into it. We've got a lot of texts, so we'll get to uh, a few of those. Uh, 6133, uh, he's asking, is there a frontrunner for the job? Uh, who would you guys like to see become the new AD? And we were kind of talking about this last segment. We were talking about, you know, what qualifications for the job. You know, do you want a local? Do you want somebody who may be from outside the Valley who comes in? Maybe if he's good, isn't going to stay very long because he's going to want to go somewhere else. Um I've made my position pretty clear that I want someone who can do the job, local or not. Yeah, and I think I'd rather have somebody who isn't, from the first day they show up, looking on the horizon for the next opportunity. Um, I I think that somebody who has connections to this university as this institution, I think that goes a long way. I think that means a lot. But the last two had zero connections. And they helped. The university athletics in significant uh, infrastructure improvements, conference uh, movement, conference championships. So it's not necessary to have success here if you don't have previous connections. But um, you know, I don't couldn't tell you who's even on a short list of candidates right now and who would stand out among them, other than who's already here. And uh, Jerry Bovey would probably be the top of that list. Yeah, he seems to be the front runner. Um, it's interesting where you have situations like when a head coach leaves and the interim coach is there, and everyone always has to ask the question like, is the interim coach going to get a chance? The answer is usually no. They never get a chance. Like, ever. Very rarely do they actually keep their job. We saw that with Frank Miley here. Yeah. Interim coaches just don't keep the job, even though they always ask the athletic director in the press conference, are you going to consider your interim coach? 
And they always say, yes, and such and such, and we love him, and yeah, he's not going to be the coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't rarely know if it, did they become the head coach. Yeah, and I don't know if it's the same situation with an athletic director where it felt like Ovi was being groomed to be the successor. So it, that, it could be a very different situation. Obviously, this is an administrative position. Those can be a lot different from head coaching positions for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. So Bovey, very serious contender for that job. But obviously they're doing a national search. They're going to do their due diligence to you know, find someone who will do the job the best. Right, as they should. As they should. Uh, 2122, sorry if you've already mentioned this, but how much of the AD leaving is due to the new allegations coming out of the media on that incident with USU police and the football players? Yeah, so my guess is pretty much very little. Um, I just don't feel like they're not going to make this kind of knee-jerk reaction to fire him over something like that. Um, if he got fired for misconduct, it's oh, over something we haven't heard about. So it's certainly coincidental that these two are happening within days of each other, but I think it's just that, a coincidence. Um. Yeah, it 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 could be a cumulative measure. I don't think that it's necessarily that that one specific incidence. Um, but I I think that it's this is John Hartwell really wanted that Auburn gig, didn't get it. I think his family was excited about moving down back to the south where they're from, and it didn't happen. And so. My guess, again, this is just a guess, is that they were crestfallen with the news, and they're like, "Look, we just, we just really want to go back to the south." And that opportunity to present itself, but we'll just let's just go, and let's just find a way to get there. So, I mean, uh, he is the highest paid AD in the Mountain West, yeah, which is surprising a little bit, but he's uh, he's doing well financially, so yeah, and he can probably take on some kind of athletic department job down in Arkansas. Maybe he hops on with the University of Arkansas or hey, Arkansas State. Who knows? Maybe he ends up somewhere in the Sun Belt again. Yeah, yeah so could very well you know do just fine down there in the South. Kind of a soft retirement. Right. Uh, we've got a lot more text coming through. We have one more break we need to get in. Yes, we do. So let's do that. Uh, if you want to weigh in, 435-339-0321. When Evan McMullen bought Joe Biden for president, He voted for every single catastrophic policy Biden's gang of socialists and tyrants inflicted on struggling Utah families. 40-year high inflation, crushing taxes, open borders, and lost freedoms. It was a bad call, but McMullen's got no regrets. We can't give Evan McMullen a second chance. We need Mike Lee now more than ever. Our constant constitutional defender who never gives an inch to the forces who would destroy American freedom. The Biden-McMullen agenda drove Utahns' cost of living sky high. But Mike Lee has been a bulwark, shielding us from Joe Biden's thoughtless leadership, standing strong against rampant spending, lawless borders, and creeping socialism, even when he's had to stand alone. I'm Mike Lee, and I approve this message because I love Utah. I love our country, and it's been my honor to serve as your senator. Mike Lee for Senate. Paid for by Friends of Mike Lee, Incorporated.
The Cash Valley Media Group Logan Holiday Gift Show is presented by Coppins Hallmark. Friday and Saturday, November 11th and 12th at the Riverwoods Conference Center. It is the perfect place to kick off your holiday shopping. Ideas and treats for the entire family. Clothing, books, jewelry, purses, home and holiday decor, baby items, and don't miss everyone's favorite guest, Santa. (laughs) The Logan Holiday Gift Show presented by Coppins Hallmark. Friday and Saturday, November 11th and 12th at the Riverwoods Conference Center. Start your holiday shopping off right. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Sunday on Compass Media Networks, coverage of the NFL. NFC West foes collide in the desert as the Arizona Cardinals host the Seattle Seahawks. Hi, this is Jeff Biggs. Join Bill Rosinski, Chad Brown, and myself for all the action as the first place Seahawks go for a fourth straight win over Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, who desperately need a win. It's the Seahawks and the Cardinals. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday afternoon at 1.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, the fan. Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back as we're beginning to wrap up the show here on the Full Court Press. Jason Walker and Eric Franson here. Had a lot of texts coming in on the news that uh, John Hartwell, Hartwell, Hartwell is leaving Utah State, leaving his position as the athletic director and vice president. Uh, I just want to get to a few of these texts, uh, and then we'll see if we can squeeze in our stat to blow our mind and player of the week here. Uh, 2603, Jerry Bulby went to USU and wants to be here. His wife is from Cache Valley. Uh, and uh, wants to be here. That's why he left Weber State to come here. I guess there was a previous text. I hope Jerry Bowlby is the next AD. He did great at Weber State and has been a great deputy AD. And I think that he would most likely be the interim, and I think he would absolutely be a candidate, um, but we'll see what other candidates they look at in a national search. Yeah. Uh, 8968. Uh, I talked to some of the people who do the Aggie games and told them that it smells very bad that we can't follow the Aggies on our local radio. The fact of the matter is, and always has been, that outside our little corner of heaven, not too many people care about the Aggies. All they could say is get a better radio. (laughs) I've heard that excuse from them before. Uh, One local that came in and didn't get much done was Liddell Anderson after he coached the uh, AB as... uh, Oh, ABA's Utah Stars for three years. He decided to come home and be an AD uh, for the Aggies. It wasn't a disaster, but didn't go anywhere either. Yeah. 
They said you want someone to get the job done. Yes. Uh, 2947 texting in. Uh, wait, what did I miss? Did Coach Blake Anderson quit? Uh, no, we're talking about the athletic director. Moving on. Um, 4781 texting in. Player of the week better be Laurie Markinen again due to straight up balling out. Yeah, I had to say that I couldn't give it to Larry Markinen because three people gave it to him last week. Uh, five three three eight. My player of the week: Ohio State linebacker JT Tuimala. <laughs> Tuimola. Oh, I don't know if I said that right. I'm pretty pretty sure I didn't. We'll just assume you did. Um, yeah. Thanks for the uh, recommendation. I don't. I have to go back and look to see what. Uh, yeah, you should post the stat line so we can get a better what idea. JT of, did of what. What that's been like. Uh, one more text, uh, 3486. Uh, says, it all depends on who Jim Lobb likes. We've seen his influence before, a la Gary 2.0. Yeah, boosters have a big say. Although sometimes that's a bad thing. It can be tough, as we've seen in Auburn. But uh, certainly, you know, when you've got one donor with his name on a lot of the buildings and uh, has a lot of influence... I think you have to take some of that into consideration, but you do have to be careful that the donors aren't the ones totally making all the decisions. Yeah. The thing is, if you can prove you can make your own decisions, then you can say, well, look, I was right this time. Right. And we're having good success, so give us money anyway, <laughs> even though I spurned your suggestion. Right. Let me do my job, and if it works out, then, yeah, support it and keep it going. There we go. Best <laughs> of both worlds. Um so let's get into uh, let's go with uh, player of the week since we were talking about that. Uh, Eric, what's your uh, who's your player of the week? I can't give it to a specific player. I'm giving it to a team. I'm going to recognize the Ridgeline girls volleyball team. Great run through uh, region play. Great run through the uh, the 4A tournament down at Utah Valley, and bringing home the championship hardware to back to Cache Valley. There you go. So my player of the week, I'm giving it to a kicker. Ah, <laughs> um, and, and a real bit of a homer pick for me because I'm giving it to Patriots kicker Nick Folk. Went wow. six of six on his kicks against the Jets. Dang near outscored the Jets by himself. He had 16 points, made five field goals, was five for five on field goals. Made it from 31, 42, 49, 45, and 52 yards out. Wow. So that's probably not the best performance of the week, but I just wanted to give it to him because <laughs> I was like, why not give it to a kicker? All right. And I couldn't give it to Lowry Marketing again. So. <laughs> Did that last week. Yeah. All right. Stat that blew your mind. Let's hear it. So far, and granted the, the season is young, but the most clutch points this season, Luka Doncic has 21, Jordan Clarkson has 20, Kelly Olenek has 20. <laughs> Olenek is shooting 100% from three in the clutch. How about that? How many threes has he attempted? Uh, not a lot, but what he two? does shoot, he's making. So he made two. He made one in in that uh, comeback against the Grizzlies. I don't know how many other ones there are. I don't know, but uh, 20 points from both Clarkson and Olenek in the clutch. It's impressive. All right, so uh, my stat that blew my mind. So on Thursday, the Eagles and Texans are going to play. And on that same night... There's scheduled to be a game between the Phillies and Astros. According to ESPN, it's the seventh time that a World Series and an NFL game has taken place on the same day involving the same two metro areas. So, and the, and the other ones are the 
the Bears and the Cubs. And I don't know if I can go through all these. So, yeah, I don't know if I have time to go through all of them. But, yeah, the, the Bears and the Cubs play. And then there's, like, the Staten Island Stapletons. This is, like, in 1932. The Bears in Staten Island and the Chicago Cubs and New York Yankees play. There's a bunch of others, but like I said, we're running low it's on time. It's been a minute, yeah. <laughs> well, the the most recent one was in 2011. I was reading it in reverse order, like ascending oh. order. So, oh, it got you. It's, it's happened somewhat recently. This, 1932 was the first time it ever happened. Mm. So that'll do it for us here on a Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you more tomorrow, some Utah State football and more on 106.9 The Fan.